I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Welcome into another episode of a Quick Timeout Podcast. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and we are privileged to have with us today New Mexico Lobos head men's basketball coach Richard Patino. Coach, thanks so much for taking some time to come on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, been about two months. I'll, I'll ask you a basketball question here, and then we'll get into the the special topic. Uh, two months since you've been introduced there at New Mexico, and I think I think to the casual basketball fan, a new coach, your big news when you first get hired, and you've got the introductory press conference, and then it's like people forget about you for for however many months until the college basketball season rolls around. But like for basketball coaches, I think especially at the college level, those first six six to eight weeks, some of the most important weeks, aren't they? They're very important, but I will say um, COVID has made it different. Mm. You know, normally when you take a job in the spring and we signed, I believe, eight kids, you know, one from Miami, uh, one from Canada, one from Sweden, one from, you know, so you're all over the country. Well, normally when you get the job, you have to fly everywhere, but it's kind of made it a little bit easier because you're doing these zooms. So you, I mean, you, you could be in New York one day and then you could be in California in an hour and then Texas. And uh, so, you know, I would say I don't like it because I want to get in front of these, these potential, um, you know, student athletes and, and I want to be able to get into the gym with them. Uh, But from a transition standpoint, normally you don't feel like, you know, the place you're moving till, to until about six, eight months, where I do feel like I know Albuquerque pretty well because my family's not even here. I've been going back and forth a little bit to Minnesota on the weekends um, now that our players are kind of moving on and, and, and going back home. But I, I hop in the car all the time. I have a list of some phone calls to make, and I'm just driving around Albuquerque getting to know the city. So uh, that's been that's been really cool, um, and that's been fun. you know. But I still uh, I want to get back to normal somewhat without the COVID. Uh, yeah, you know, we all do, obviously. Yeah, totally understand that. All right. Well, I wanted to do something special for Father's Day. Those of you that are listening, this is being released around Father's Day. I thought Coach Patino would be great for this particular topic, you know, seeing as how as a father, obviously everybody knows about his coaching. But then, as he just mentioned, the the fact of, of being a father and having a young family. I know a lot of younger coaches listen to this this podcast. Let me just start with your experience as a son in a basketball coach's home was like what? Well, growing up, there wasn't a whole lot of basketball adversity. Um, I mean, you know, (laughs) you know, for most coaches, you experience the highs, you experience the lows, you experience the middle part of it. Well, growing up, I mean, my dad was the head coach of Kentucky um, and he was on top of the world. Um, I mean, he had eight magical years before that at Providence College. He had two magical years, um, even in the New York Knicks. He had great success in the two years he was there. So, you know, growing up, it was like, ah, this winning thing is easy. Um, you know, I mean, it's not all that hard. Um, and I think the more and more you do this, you understand the circumstances that go into this. Some of it may be out of your control. Some of it may be injuries. Some of it may be bad luck, Some whatever it may be. But. I experienced that when he moved to Boston, um, you know, with the Boston Celtics. And I kind of consider myself a Bostonian, 
I was born there and then obviously went to high school there and went to college in Rhode Island. But you saw kind of the, the challenging part of our profession. Um, and I think the bottom line with this profession is it's going to happen to everybody. That's just the nature of sports. There's no perfect kind of regime of where, you know, like I had eight years in Minnesota and they were great, uh, but there were some good time, times, there were some bad times. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of shaped to me as a father, because I've told, I tell my wife this all the time, like I may not win every game, but I will always win as a father. Like mm-hmm. that is important to me. Like I'm not going to have a losing day as mm-hmm. a parent. Um, and, you know, growing up around it, I was always around it. Like I would go to school at, in Kentucky and, um, you know, Christ the King. And then right after school, I would walk to Memorial Coliseum where, where Kentucky practiced. And uh, I do my homework upstairs. Then while they're practicing, I'm shooting on the side. And uh, so I've always been around it. And that's why I think people always ask me, like, well, did you want to be a coach? Like, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I just knew I wanted to be around basketball. I didn't know mm-hmm. at what compa- capacity, um, but I just knew, like, being around staff, being around the players, like that was my my childhood. So uh, very lucky to have all those experiences, uh, some great memories. And uh, I want my kids to be a part of that as well. Yeah. So talk about that. Like, How has your experience as a coach's son influenced the way that you do things with your children? You know, it, it, it's definitely changed. Uh, I think social media has changed everybody where when I was at growing up as a coach's son in Kentucky, we would go out to dinner and there would be a line waiting to get autographs. And it was a little annoying. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate fans caring about, but, you know, like we're trying to eat dinner. Well, now with the cell phones, you got people wanting to take pictures with you all the time and so on. So uh, I guess just kind of educating your kids on that part of it, uh, making sure that they do understand that although there's a lot of great that goes with it, there's going to be a target on your back when you get a little bit older. Uh, that's the New Mexico coach's son. Maybe if he's playing basketball or whatever. Um, but there's 99% of it is extremely positive and the 1% is negative. Um, but it, it's a, it's a unique life. Um, it's an adventure. You know, when you're in sports, you can't, um, you know, you can't take it personal and you just got to go with the flow. I mean, I, you know, you're it, any coach that's in this profession you have to have a great marriage and you have to have a great family life because you don't know where you're going to go. Uh, I mean, I was in Minnesota for eight years and we beat five ranked teams last year. And all of a sudden I get hit with the injury bug and boom. And all of a sudden you're just like, whoa. And then you get a great opportunity to Mexico and all the friends that you're close with in Minnesota at the previous stop, you know, you, you may keep in touch with a couple of them, but not as many. It all comes down to your family. And so that's why it's so important to me that my family's a part of this experience because it is a great experience and we're all lucky to be a part of it. Richard Patino, the basketball coach, Richard Patino, father of three. Do you view those as mutually exclusive? And if not, how do you do both of those together? Yeah, no, I, I, um, it's all one and the same to me. I mean, it's, it's, I don't have a lot of hobbies. Uh, it's, it's being a college basketball coach and then my family, I want them to be a part of it. You know, I want my players to be a part of our family, uh, you know, coming over to the house, bringing my kids to practice. Um, it's all kind of one in the same to me, but I also make sure like 
And listen, I love my father, but he brought losses home. Uh, I try very, very hard to not bring losses home. You know, will I get down if we lose? Of course. Uh, but I don't want my kids impacted by wins and losses. You know, and a lot of my time working for Billy Donovan shaped that uh, because Coach Donovan. Now, when you work for my father and Billy Donovan, they win so much that the losses may not be as frequent as when you take a job like Minnesota, where it's obviously a hard job. But I want to make sure that um, I'm not bringing that home, you know, and I'm not putting the stress and the pressure of coaching on my kids and on my wife because it, it's it's hard. You know, it is, it's a hard life, but it's a great life. But, yeah, it's all one and the same. I mean, it's um, the, basketball is very, very important to me, and, and coaching uh, and my family is important to me. And that's kind of – we try to combine that as much as we can. Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. Up until now, technology in youth sports has been used in relatively limited ways. Many of the apps are often slow and clunky, and many of them aren't even mobile-friendly. Wildcard's all-in-one app empowers you to manage your team or club, plus create social engagement directly with players. Your team can stay connected beyond game time with blazingly fast features like chat, virtual challenges, game recaps, and profiles. They've recently launched club management so you can easily manage hundreds of teams, delegate responsibilities, and communicate simply with everyone on your team. A desktop version of club management also allows you to import thousands of teams, events, and rosters in one click and manage your entire club comfortably on one computer. Sign up for summer and fall with Wildcard. If you onboard in June, you'll get Wildcard for free, plus get grandfathered in. Use the link in the description to sign up. Again, that's the app, Wildcard. You mentioned Coach Donovan. Any, anybody else other than your dad and, you know, obviously Coach Donovan? It may have even been an assistant coach that you worked for in the past, but anybody in particular come to mind, somebody that's impacted you as a father? I mean, there, there, there's guys that I'm friends with in the profession who are all obviously fathers. And, and I think the, you know, whether it's a Mark Few or a Mick Cronin who I'm close with, I mean, we all as coaches, and I think everybody who's a father seeks balance. Um, and, you know, wants to, we want to be really, really good at our job and we want to be competitive and we want to win championships, but we don't want to, we, we don't want that to be at the expense of our happiness and our family life and our balance. So, you know, we try, um, you know, anybody that's in the profession, I'm always picking their brain about how do you do this, but also how do you do this and be really good? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's very important. We don't want the work to sacrifice. Um, so, you know, a lot of these coaches, the younger coaches in the game, it's crazy because I'm going on year 17 and I'm going on year 10 of being a head coach and I'm only 38. So I am still young, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not as complicated as we all think it is. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, work very, very hard, do it with great integrity, do your very, very best to be present when you are a father, you know, go, go to your kids games, but don't, don't coach them like you're coaching your players. You know I mean? It's, that shouldn't be as complicated as, as we all make it, but we tend to do that from time to time. You just talked about like the balance and I get that question a lot, especially of like younger coaches, like how do you create that balance? Is that partly just kind of, again, involving them in everything 
but then allowing them to kind of live their lives without imposing your type A person. I think most of us are kind of that way, uh, personality on them to put yeah. pressure on them. I would say be, be as self-aware as you possibly can be. You know, we deal with as coaches, we deal with parents a lot. Mm-hmm. Most of them are pretty good, but you get irrational parents. And you're sitting around as a staff saying, can you believe so-and-so? And, get, and you got to look yourself in the mirror and be like, hey, I should not be acting like that. <laughs> um, we, we just have so many experiences in this game um, that we need to hold ourselves as coaches accountable. Like, you know, we, we got to be great representatives of like, like to me, it's do what the coach says. Right. I mean, it, you know, don't be that parent. But it, the game is evolving and changing. Um, I think being self-aware is very, very important. Being empathetic to what that coach is dealing with. Don't go to your fourth grade daughter's uh, basketball game and yell at the ref. I mean, this is a ref that's probably refing 10 games, hardly getting paid any money. Um, You know, just just be self-aware as you possibly can about it. You know, for me, I will say growing up, my dad was not, he was not a demanding father as it was for where I needed to be athletically. He just wanted me to be respectful, be on time, work hard, listen to the coach, and, and I'll be the same way as a father. You're about four years ahead of me as far as kids go, and so you have more experience with this than I do. But I've even found in the first four years here, the way that I relate to my players has changed since I've had children. Did you find that, and how did? if so, then how? For sure. Yeah, like my um, – you know, my, my 10-year-old and my 7-year-old um, are starting to do, you know, a little bit more aggressive kind of sports stuff. And all it takes is one time to see, like, your kid somewhat down and it just breaks your heart. Or maybe they're embarrassed and it just crushes you. So I treat my players the same way. Like, like, like I want them to be 100% confident. I want to prepare them for the moment so that it puts them in a position to succeed. And if they're not playing well, like, listen, we have to win as basketball coaches. But if they're not playing great, yeah, we got we got to do what we can to, to help New Mexico win, but also being somewhat empathetic and understanding of what it is that they're going through. Getting the parents to understand that it is not personal, you know, and, and that's hard. That's hard for parents to understand. Uh, but absolutely being a, a father has made me a, a better coach because there's no greater pain in this world than seeing your child uh, go through pain. And unfortunately it is a very, very competitive business too. And sometimes there's no avoiding that. Uh, But yeah, fatherhood's definitely made me uh, just more understanding, better listener. You know, there is a, you know, you got to connect with these kids emotionally, uh, just like you do your own children. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to ask them to do a lot of great things. Uh, A step further, both of us have two girls. Did that uh, soften you at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have a, you have a, uh, when you have a, you know, two baby girls in your house, it's a, it's just a different deal. You know, my son, Jack, he's seven. I throw him around. I do whatever with him. He's great. Uh, but the other two, the 10 year old right now, you're starting to experience some different emotions there, but yes, uh, 100%. And it's, uh, but it's great. You know, my daughters ask me all the time, like, did you want three boys? I'm like, absolutely not. I wanted three healthy children. I don't care boys or girls, but yeah, that, that oldest daughter, uh, she's, uh, she's testing me right now. Four year old <laughs> daughter. She's great. She's like, it's a love fest every time I see her. Uh, but yeah. yes, very, very unique challenges there. 
with two daughters. Last thing here, uh, when when you get to be our age, you become kind of aware of the things that your parents and particularly your father like passed down to you. That's how I felt when I got to about 32, 33. And I'm even more aware of it now. And it made me think about what do I want my legacy to be to my children? What do you want your legacy to be to your children? I, I would say that my my father, uh, like growing up, you're Rick Pitino's son when he's this rock star in the profession. And if you meet any of our kids in our family, we're very, very normal people. Um, we're not we're not into the uh, material things that go along with it that you would normally equate like this famous person's kid into being like, I am a very low maintenance. I don't need a lot. And I think that's just the way I was raised, you know, like at the end of the day, it all comes down to be a good person, like treat people with respect, uh, celebrate the great times that you can together. Um, you know, but if you got a meeting at five o'clock, be there early, be ready to go. Right. Uh, look the person in the eye when you're speaking to them, uh, treat them with respect, you know, and I think my father, besides being a Hall of Fame basketball coach, has always been that. And I want my kids to be the same way, you know, and, and, and listen, even if you don't succeed looking back, whether it's a youth basketball thing or, you know, gymnastics or whatever, like just put your heart and soul into it, you know, and it's OK if you don't, quote, succeed as long as you put um, that in there. And, you know, I mean, it, it, so I think that was the thing I took out of it was be very, very appreciative, be very, very humble, uh, treat people with respect you know, and, and, and you'll go a long way. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm truly convinced, you know, I get fired in Minnesota and I get a, I think one of the best basketball jobs around in New Mexico, they love basketball. Um, it's one of the best jobs in the mountain West. I don't know if I don't, if I get that, unless I acted the way that I did in eight years in Minnesota, we had some really good times. We had some bad luck. We had some bad times, but you know, I think people understood what I was all about. And um, I think New Mexico saw that. And uh, I don't know if I get that where, where, that that opportunity if I don't act that way. That's Coach Richard Patino, head coach of the New Mexico Lobos. Thanks again, Coach, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.